Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Tony Stark Camarena. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Alicia Thayer. And today we're talking about Iron Man 3 Part 2, which takes us from the landing in Tennessee to Tony Stark's capture at the Mandarin's compound. That's right. So, uh, reading our Wikipedia entry one more time for what happens during this part of the movie. Teaming with Harley, a precocious 10-year-old boy, Stark investigates the remains of a local explosion bearing the hallmarks of a Mandarin attack. He discovers the bombings were triggered by soldiers subjected to extremists, which at this stage of development caused certain subjects to explosively reject the treatment. After veterans started exploding, these explosions were falsely attributed to a terrorist plot in order to cover up extremists' flaws. Stark witnesses extremists firsthand when Mandarin agents Brant and Savin attack him. Killian has manipulated American intelligence agencies regarding the Mandarin's locations, luring James Rhodes, the former war machine, now rebranded as the Iron Patriot, into a trap to steal the armor. With Harley's help, Stark traces the Mandarin to Miami and infiltrates his headquarters using improvised weapons. Inside, he discovers the Mandarin is actually an English actor named Trevor Slattery, who says he is oblivious to the actions carried out in his image. Killian, who provided... Hansen's extremist research as a cure for his own disability and expanded the program to include injured war veterans reveals he is the real Mandarin using slattery as a cover. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. A mess, a, we oh God, you, what Alicia. is this? <laughs> oh, I know. I was trying to figure out. I was like, what's the what's the movie from that? And I'm like, there's a movie that they do that like repeatedly, and I'm like, I can't remember what it is. I feel like it's a either a Monty Python or a Mel Brooks movie. If no, movie. it's it's like a furry little character that does it. I don't remember who it oh, is. Oh, I that. know, I I know. There's that meme of like that gopher or hamster or something that turns and goes. Is that that? Dun, yeah, dun. I think that's da. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, no, on no, to got our that top. Figured out. Right <laughs> on to our top three moments of the episode. So we started with Al last time. Tony, you want to give it a go? I um. My number three could have been put in part one or part two because it's right in our dividing line, but it's uh, Tony's crash in Tennessee. Uh huh. I just think it's like it's so funny and brutal at the same time. I mean, ignoring the fake uh, deer, it's just mm-hmm. like he wakes up and then the cuts between him crashing through it and then his facial reaction through the whole thing. I just I laughed out loud, which is not something I usually do. but yeah it was i was just like it's a good way to really bring us into the next act and the next part of the movie all right (laughs) i guess i'll cycle through mine uh mine is the uh uh uh, tony's uh second panic attack of the movie and he he tells the kid it's your fault you made me spaz out (laughs) or you spazzed me out just just it's your fault (laughs) and throws snow at him I just it, it made me give Google because that's his that's his way of coping with that, which is not great, but it's also it's like yeah that oh, that yeah. legitimately happens. So, <laughs> all right, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so my number three is um, it's that that point where where uh, Stark and that kid are first meeting in, in his garage, and, and the kid's like, "Whoa, is that Iron punch? Man?" 
uh, okay, so it's not this whole thing. There's a specific part. I was just leading up to it. Um, mm-hmm. What number is that for you, though? Two. So go ahead. I'll just cover mine next. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, in that case, why don't you go ahead and talk about it? And then I'll oh, mention no, no. my one specific no, no, go part ahead. of this. Go ahead. Oh, I'll okay. cover what you don't. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right so it's really just that one part where the kid's over there and he's playing with the iron man suit and he accidentally pulls off a finger because because <laughs> we've all been there right oh right. hey this is so cool oh and it's Rip. supposed to move right cracky nope Whoops. so uh <laughs> this scene totally reminded me of uh i think it's oh god now i'm gonna blink on the movie oh god oh it's not Princess Diaries, or is it? I'm not sure. The one with uh, Anne Hathaway. Princess Bride? No, no, no. Oh, Anne that Hathaway. one's Diaries, yeah. Oh, it is Diaries. Yeah, okay, that one's good. Princess Diaries. Yeah. Uh, when she's in her grandmother's house for the first time, and she breaks the finger on the statue and sticks it in its mouth, that's what that reminded me of. No? That is another movie, unfortunately, I've never seen. So, oh, although I have you're seen killing many me. scenes from the movie killing me it's a good movie there's been like random talk about doing a third one and i kind of hope they do like i'm a little iffy on sequels but i like the second sequel or the sequel to princess diaries i like princess diaries too uh probably because uh well yeah chris pine <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so I'll uh, back to the thing because I got distracted uh, by Princess Diaries, which apparently neither of you two have seen. Uh, mine encompasses that whole scene, uh, mainly the potato gun, how Tony doesn't even have to hold or touch the thing. And he's like, well, this and this and this are all wrong. And the kid is like, yeah, well, screw you. It still fires really well and breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's like, and you're out of ammo because it only right. holds one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like the kid literally was like, yeah, and I will still hurt you with this. But yeah, so it was it was Tony Stark dealing with the kid. It, it was it, we see it later for part of my uh, number three, where uh, right before the part before my number three, where we see him dealing with the kid. Um, and it, it, it's just him dealing with the child after having uh, dealt with the girl, the other girl whose name I suddenly can't remember. The girl who shows up at his house. Oh, um, Maya. um... Yeah, Maya, either way. And when he's like, please tell me there isn't a 12 year old (laughs) kid that I've never met in the back seat. (laughs) And when she like pretends that there is, he's like, oh God, oh God. And now to see him like interacting with the child is kind of cute. So anyway, that was my (laughs) number two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's def- that's an honorable mention for me, too. Uh, it's just Harley and Tony's relationship, where mm-hmm. it could have really backfired. When they bring a little kid into a franchise, you think, oh, God, it's jumped the shark. Right. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. Since we're here, um, I'm going to start talking about my number two and kind of skip over Tony for now. Um, okay. Because Sorry. mine is Stark having no compassion for the kid. And so it's kind of <laughs> the opposite of, of your... Your uh, whole number two, and, and I guess uh, honorable mention for you, Tony. It's no, mine's well, just a well, relationship. I mean, he doesn't have compassion. <laughs> You're right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, you know just Stark instantly responding with the the one-liners. You know, uh, a lot of people lose their dads, that kind of thing, right? Or um, mm-hmm. when when he drives off and leaves the kid there. Um, <laughs> we have a connection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. And yet, when when you when you think about it, you realize you know that kid was just drenched by a bunch of water, and it's freezing outside. 
So he might have just given that kid hypothermia. We don't know. Uh, yeah, but he, he really did not he care. He wasn't that cold because the kid well, knew what he was doing. at the same point, he does, though. At the same point, well, yeah, he, he does, does but... because he gives him the thing to help with his bully. Mind you, he trades it for stuff, but yeah. Yeah, but he's not babying the kid. Yeah, he's oh, God, not no. uncaring. He's just, this is the world, deal with it. And this is me, mm -hmm. deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which which that's what I what I meant that I like, right? It's, you know, him just kind of like, no, 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 you're you're an adult, a small one, but yeah, go okay. go deal with with your own problems. I got my own. He's fighting a Mandarin, right? <laughs> He's fighting yeah. a Mandarin, which now I think of just an orange. He's fighting an orange, an angry orange, <laughs> but still. <laughs> All right, uh, Tony, what's your number two? Uh, my two is Tony's do-it-yourself infiltration. Of the oh, I'm no, sorry, punt. I need to punt. <laughs> no, punted by both of you. I thought so. I thought I was going to be your guys' number one. Yeah. And I almost put it as my number one. Yeah. All right. All right. That's All right, fine. Tony, what's That's your fine, number whatever. one since we're uh, Since, since we're we punted yours. Tony, mine is uh, Tony versus Ellen Brandt. Ellen Brandt's the um, extremist-powered woman. Oh, yeah, the her? Yeah. Um, I like it because it's Tony just uh, being a badass and being snarky and quipping without his suit and just out thinking her and smarting another a super powered person when he's just pretty much a normal guy. Yep. Oh, I was going to say, so that I actually kind of lumped in with my number one. Um, it's just Tony being smart without a suit in general. It's mm -hmm. that fight, the one later when he's sneaking in the compound. Uh, because it's it's just him being cool and kind of like I mentioned in the last episode, um, you know he's he's kind of fighting at a disadvantage for him being normal Iron Man, but he's still at an advantage because he's still Tony super Stark. smart and has yeah. parts of an Iron Man suit or has you know stuff on him, other gadgetry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, your guys' number one, the infiltration, is closer to. Tony with a box of scraps. Yes, he went to Home Depot or whatever he went. Hey, but, have you been um, to Home Depot lately? It is a box of scraps. Yeah, this is true. But um, this is coming from somebody who worked at Lowe's for a couple of years. So sorry, guys. <laughs> no, um, but I don't know where he went. He went to his home improvement place. I just threw Home Depot because there's one around the corner from me. But um, <laughs> he. Oh, you made me lose my train of thought. Thank you, Alicia. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Oh, um, this is Tony. I mean, he's got his little uh, repulsory that he took from it, but mostly it's him thinking on his feet with no time to prepare and very little, uh, very little setup. Where he got to sit up mm -hmm. overnight from the a home improvement place in the do-it-yourself infiltration. But right. let's talk about that since that your guys is number one. <laughs> so uh, mine takes it from the store to to the infiltration uh it's it, it's just the the fact that he's like well i need this i need this i need this i need this and part of me wonders i was like how is he gonna pay for all that stuff i'm pretty sure right. he didn't bring his card with him <laughs> <laughs> that did occur to me, right? occur to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things i was like uh and, okay, and I'm gonna go with the movie dead. for a minute, right? Everyone exactly. If they think he's he dead, can't then call the company and say, "Hey, wire me 
some money right? to my thumbprint. So I was wondering I, like, I, how I he paid know. for it. <laughs> so anyway, but the then the stuff he like builds out of Home Depot, I just was like, wait, what? Wait, what? Mm. That's so awesome. Yeah, right. So yeah. His his ingenuity and definitely the box of scraps Tony Stark coming back out was something very pleasing for me. Mm-hmm. Al. Al. <laughs> uh, for the most part, I kind of already said everything, or either you two have have said everything. Uh, it's just I I like how you know he was a, kind of the different character because he had to adapt, he had to be uh, different, but he was really smart about you know kind of doing these things. Um, he was way smarter uh, about just kind of attacking than you know when the Ten Rings abducted him, right? Because in the in the first movie, um, you know there there was that part when he was first being abducted, uh, when he sees a grenade and he just kind of runs, right? He wasn't really thinking. He wasn't in these situations before. Now he's had you know a couple of movies, a couple of years um, to be in these situations, and so we kind of seen that growth too, just as a character, him in these types of situations. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Is that it for our top threes? I think so. Under honorable mentions. Yep. Um, All right. Got... I have zero. I think I should do mine last because it leads into our next thing. Okay. I've got uh, one dishonorable mention and then two honorable mentions. Uh, my dishonorable mention is pretty much the premise of the rest of the movie that the mm-hmm. arc reactor fails and he can't power the suit but Tony I thought Tony would die if the arc reactor ran out of power so I'm completely confused maybe you guys can help me out uh, I think the suit requires a certain amount of power it's like a you know how batteries that you use in like certain like remote controllers for like video game machines you can plug them into the remote control for your tv after they've died in the video game controller and they still work take take up so yeah so much less because it takes up so much more power it doesn't take up enough power to to stop the energy or the metal pieces from going to his heart but it it doesn't have enough power to run this suit okay now second question to go with my Mm -hmm. dishonorable mention uh Saying that's true, which does make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, how could an older arc reactor take him all the way to Afghanistan, but this one dies on the way to Tennessee? Yeah, that I have no answer for. <laughs> <laughs> I can explain the first one. It, def- it definitely makes for a good story. I do like the story, but it definitely doesn't make sense in-universe. Well, uh, I got I got it. Uh, hang on, I got it. Uh, it's, okay. a, it's not a fully powered suit. It's an experimental suit. He hadn't fully upgraded it yet. Uh, so it may be he hasn't worked out all the kinks and for certain parts of it are draining more power than his uh, before his suit was because he had more time to work out its kinks before he flew it off to Afghanistan. All right. I accept your headcanon. Right. Oh, actually, <laughs> um, I'm going to add to that, actually. Um, so one of the other things that we kind of see is, you know, at the end of this movie, he, he gets the, the arc reactor pulled out of him. He mm. could have already been planning for that, too. And have built in power and that kind of stuff into this new suit, into the Mark 42. Because also, it does have to work without him being in it, right? It still has to be able to to move to him. Not and so maybe one. he... His 41 other suits also have arc reactors in them, apparently. We find yeah. out in part That's three. true, yeah. But that those don't show up later. And those also um, don't... Um, 
those aren't even ready or available until something that happens later in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Because he has to set that up. Jarvis had to, like, do some stuff. Yeah, we'll get that next next week or next episode. Yeah. All right. Um, My other honorable mentions. Uh, The creepy fan. The creepy fan who's obsessed with Tony. Uh, right. In the... I don't know if it's an internet thing or... No, it's a... Um, news station van and it's just like i found that funny because of course he would have someone obsessed with him and of course it's just his luck that he would run into that one guy when he's trying to um (laughs) save the president save everybody and then this one's not yeah this one's uh not really an honorable mention i just want to get your takes we kind of skirted around this uh Mm -hmm. the mandarin twist we get in this section of the movie Mm -hmm. uh we talked about a little bit what was your guys' reaction, and what do you guys feel about now, the twist about the Mandarin being Trevor Slattery? So, I actually really liked this twist, especially knowing what I do about the comics and how uh, very racist they were for the time. But, uh, I mean, they're racist to us now, but for the time, they weren't. And I, I like this being the way they handle, handled it to not throw the backlash. I mean, they still got backlash for this. But I think it was the appropriate way to handle it. it. There wasn't... I mean, if they had come out and done the same thing that comics did, they would have caught a lot more flack than they did. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Al? Uh, so I, I really hated it when I first saw it because all of the trailers, all the commercials were like, oh, here's the Mandarin, he's the big bad guy. And, oh, and I was kind of thinking the same thing. Me. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was kind of thinking okay well you know disney at this point owns marvel and all of that and so if they're gonna do something like a racist character like that it they'll probably have done something to make it better right i i was assuming that they were you know part of their normal updates to this kind of character which what they do with all these characters would have been something a little bit better or you know just getting rid of kind of a lot of of you know a lot of those kinds of things um but I, looking at it now, I'm okay with it, um, you know, given years of of time to cool down. Uh, but I, I really was hoping to see the Mandarin, because he's like one of the staples of one of the big uh, bad characters that Iron Man fights. Yeah. Um, but I kind of see some of the reasons why they didn't bring the Mandarin in. Um, you know, one, this would have been the first time they really talked about magic. I mean, they're kind of a little bit in the Thor movies, and... Now that we've gotten Doctor Strange, they're probably going to start throwing in way more magic. Um, Mm -hmm. But that would have been one of the big things that they kind of would have just had to completely um, introduce or ignore when they update the character. But yeah, that's Mm -hmm. that's it for me. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, I would love to see uh, Tony fight a magical villain because, yeah, he he fought Loki, but Loki was backed up with alien tech and except for his one-on-one conversation, he didn't deal with the magic aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see, um, yeah, him going up against quote-unquote real magic with uh, the Mandarin's tendering powers. And I liked, if they ke- if they played him straight without him being an actor, I like what they did to the Mandarin where they made him a terrorist and he would take aspects from all these different cultures. So the Mandarin's right. just an aspect from one culture and is not... A racist stereotype of one certain group of people. So yeah, I'm actually, I mean, I've accepted it, but I was definitely 
I'm still disappointed. I would like to see him fight the real Mandarin. Or MCU's version of the real Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, but that's uh, it for my honorable mentions. Alicia, did you have one? Uh, I... Or a few? Oh, yeah, I have my one that leads us into our next thing. It's the uh-huh. w- uh, one-liner... Or sort, it's a sort of one-liner, but not. It's the line that the the girl extremist that fires off at Tony about cheap tricks and and a cheesy one-liner, and he goes, "That could be the, the title of my autobiography." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good Tony Stark line, and it's very right? true. Cheap tricks and uh, cheesy one-liners. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we've got a few Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have any Easter eggs before we get there, though? Nope, I think I'm good. I have a few. I have four. How about you, Tony? I also have four. Oh, all right. Let's go so, one-on-one, then. All right, sure. You start. Okay. Uh, all right. So um, at some point uh, when the when Tony Stark and, and that kid, whose name I keep forgetting, uh, first meet, what was that? Harley? Harley, like yeah, like Harley, Harley Quinn, one of the few good DC characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so when Stark and Harley meet, um, you know the kid is like looking at the Iron Man suit and he's saying, "Oh, you know what I would do if I had him? I would put retro ref- reflective panels on the suit for stealth mode, um, mm-hmm. which is actually one of the models Stark had already built. That's the Mark Fifteen. Um, yeah, and he's already up to forty-two in, in this movie. But I mean, it's not one that they actually show, but it's in the list of ones that they they mention later in like other canon, but it's still MCU canon. So yeah, Mark he Fifteen. Al- he also used that tech on a plane in a movie we can't talk about yet because it hasn't hit DVD or Blu-ray. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Tony, go with yours. All right. Um, this one I decided to move over from part one. The character of Eric Savin, the bald guy uh, who has extremists. He's a supervillain in the mm-hmm. comics called Cold Blood. Cold Blood mm-hmm. was originally a cyborg assassin in the comics. And he would fight he fought Iron Man, he fought Captain America, he fought he teamed up with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants for the X-Men. He didn't have one main um hero he fought, but he was a recurring Marvel um villain. Wow, so they super changed that character. Oh yeah. Yep, not a cyborg <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right al what's your next one all right so uh stark tells the kid that his name is uh the mechanic tony mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which also is the name of brad garrett's character in seinfeld he's the mechanic whose name is tony who falls in love with seinfeld's car and then kidnaps it which i think <laughs> was a two-parter episode i vaguely <laughs> remember that it's been a very long time since i watched seinfeld <laughs> i didn't realize that his name was tony in that Okay. Uh, it was. I I was wondering if this was some sort of um, Easter egg or something they threw in. It's not from any kind of comics or any other Easter egg. That was just the only the only thing that kind of popped up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we've got another uh, comic book character, uh, the female uh, extremist person who attacks Tony in Tennessee. Her name is Ellen Brandt. And in the comics, she is the ex-wife and main villain to the Man-Thing, the swamp-like character. Um, yeah, so I would like to think that she... Um, in the comics, of course, she tries to recreate the super soldier serum, 
and unfortunately turns her husband into the man thing. But she Oof. wants to capture him and get him um, to study him. But, uh, yeah, so I like to assume this confirms the man thing, even though I've never read a man thing comic. I just like more Marvel heroes in my Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, so another um, just kind of other mentioned thing that shows up from the comics, uh, the Mandarin mentions the Roxxon Corporation, which mm -hmm. shows up a lot in the comics. It's kind of one of those mainstays. Every time they need to mention a company, uh, Roxxon is one of those. Um, and so they mention it in this one as uh, as oil as being one of the big things that they do. Uh, but that Roxxon Corporation will also just kind of keep showing up in other MCU things. But yeah, it was the uh, was this the I want to say this was the first time it was mentioned, but I might be wrong. This is the first time I remember it being I've, mentioned, though. Yeah, I think it's the first time I would have mentioned it in another Easter egg, and I don't remember doing that. Um, yeah, it definitely shows up in a lot of uh, the Marvel TV shows. You mm -hmm. get a lot of Roxxon, so that's a good way. Like, even in the Netflix shows where we don't connect super much to uh, the movies, we connect mm -hmm. through Roxxon and a few other companies like that. Oh, I will have to yeah. wait until yeah. I get yeah. to that point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, War Machine's password is, or his username is uh, War Machine 68. And War <laughs> Machine uh, premiered in 1968. Uh -huh. uh, also, I just gotta say, his uh, password, as always, is War Machine Rocks with two X's. Uh, in all caps, which has no significance. I just find that funny. It is funny. <laughs> uh, all right. So the last Easter egg I have is um, President Ellis is named mm -hmm. after Warren Ellis, who is the person who's the original author of the extremist uh, storyline in the comic mm. books, in the Iron Man comics. I was wondering <laughs> so why named after Ellis. the writer. Yeah, both your Roxxon and your... Um, President Ellis ones I were Easter eggs I was saving to part three. But yeah, um, he's actually pretty well known. He's, I mean, like I said, he's the only straight up Iron Man uh, author I ever read because I've only read Extremists. I'm not a big Iron Man comic fan. But yeah, he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then my last one is obviously the Stan Lee cameo. Where ah, he is, uh, yes. He's being a perverted old man who I like to think Stanley truly is. He is. He's judging the beauty pageant in this, and he seemed really happy to be looking at that number 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, that's it for my Easter eggs. I think, Al, you done with yours? Yeah, that's it for me. All right. So let's move on to our question of the week. Or the movie. Question of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, before jumping into this and actually talking about the, the question, uh, because this is our first um, question with Phase 2, we've added all of the uh, Phase 2 characters. So we've actually added quite a few. So I'm just going to go ahead and list off who we've added. So starting at number 17 all the way down to number 30. Jesus. Uh, we, yeah, exactly. Wait, out of curiosity, uh, should we pull the ones out who no longer appear in later movies? Like, I know we did Justin Hammer for Phase 1, but I don't think he appears in Phase 2. He's in the one shot. Ah, so never mind. After this. Alright. Okay. <laughs> Alright, in that case. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, what about Agent Coulson? He's not in anything anymore, right? Um, uh, I feel like he might reappear sometime. 
I, I, oh, I, like I have this gut feeling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if something comes up. But we'll just okay, leave him there right. for now. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Alrighty. So uh, number seventeen and on, we have Yinsen. Uh, then we have Star Lord, Gamora, Drax, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, uh, Yondu, Craglin, who is uh, second in command under Yondu. Um, mm-hmm. Then we've got Hank Pym, Ant Man, the Wasp, uh, the Vision, Quicksilver, and finally Scarlet Witch. So those are the characters that we just added. And so today's question is, what would blank characters' autobiography be? So kind of linking to what Alicia was saying about how her uh, honorable mention linked into our question. So uh, we got that Stark's autobiography would be Cheap Trick and a Cheesy One-Liner. Mm-hmm. So pulling up our random number generator right here, we Hope get it's Lucky... <laughs> it's not. We have Lucky number 22, which is a new character. That is Groot. Yes! Okay. <laughs> I already know what the title is. Um, I will go with the non-obvious title, which is Screwed Up uh, Timelines. Because he was a adult, then he was a baby, and now he's a teenager. But He's not a teenager. Probably a baby. He's he not a teenager. Of, um... No, he's not. Oh, the God. producer said he isn't a teenager. He's like a young adolescent. Or a... He's on the cusp of becoming a teenager, but he's not a teenager. So like preteen, 11, Yeah, 12, sort of thing. thing, yeah. So. Okay, well, he still has like my life in cycles, the Groot story. Because <laughs> he just repeats. <laughs> uh... No, right, I, I think it's just going to be one? We Are Groot. <laughs> it's going to be Groot. We Are Groot. The, the only reason little, it's We Are Groot. Deeper. Yeah, yeah. The only reason yeah. it's not We Are, uh, it's not I Am Groot as opposed to We Are Groot is because he wouldn't just be telling the story just about himself. He'd include all of his friends and things and all the people he's encountered. So it's We Are Groot. Yeah. Just because Can you have it is. I don't know. Um, I feel like Rock would I would, would be very surprised if he could. Can you imagine so... Rocket translating the book for him? <laughs> I can do it. I don't, I don't know how well Rocket can write. The galaxy. Like, only he didn't for use freaking. Freakin'. Freakin'. <laughs> I think that's my, one of my favorite lines from the movie. <laughs> I'm so glad that's on Blu-ray now so we can talk about it. Uh... Yeah. Um, so in, in the comics, he, he can communicate with other... Or, not really. He can communicate. Um, if there's another character who's a telepath who can read minds or that kind of mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. they're able to converse. Like they, they're able to understand each other. Um, it's not like his thoughts aren't "I am Groot." He, he's yeah. actually saying full-on sentences. No. So I kind of wonder if he would have something else. Yeah, maybe. Oh it yeah, depends. I mean, yeah. Rocket understands him. He speaks Groot. Apparently, I wonder what'll happen when uh, the Guardians meet the Avengers. I'm, I'm waiting for that one. Well, yeah, I think the whole world is waiting for that one because. Well, just have the... you didn't hear that? Apparently, uh, Star Lord himself may not even speak English anymore. Like they never because just because yeah, well, it's in English doesn't mean they actually speak it. Yeah, they um. Well, he always speaks English because he. They all have translators. They're all speaking different languages, mm. so he might speak English, but the rest of them probably aren't and the Avengers don't have translators but uh, 
Peter Quill's been hearing English his entire life because of those translators, so he's still in practice. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I just want to see it to see Tony's reaction to Rocket and Groot. Mm-hmm. And I want to see Drax's reaction to all of um, Tony's sarcasm. Right. Because, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot wait. Oh. I want to see what <laughs> Drax does with the Hulk. Oh, this is it's it's gonna be fun. We, oh, it's gonna be it, fun. for people who don't know, we're recording this in September of 2017, so we've got a long time about yep about five <laughs> good months. eight months left. Yeah, or eight months. Oh god, I thought it was five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm depressed oh, now. We've still got some more time. <laughs> well, I think we're going to end this uh, podcast depressed. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back for Iron Man Iron Man 3 Part 3 Yes. Soon. so please remember to follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind and please give us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app assuming you like this otherwise be as silent as Jarvis with no power or say the wrong words <laughs> say loved it instead of hated it exactly <laughs> <laughs> alright this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Iron Man 3 Part 2 signing off have a marvelous day. Y'all listen up, here's the story about a little guy that lives in a blue world. And all day and all night and everything he sees is just blue. Like him inside and outside. Blue his house with a blue little window and a blue corvette. And everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around cause he ain't got Nobody to listen, to listen, to listen, to listen. I'm blue.